See, whenever we kicked this summer off, the Holy Spirit told me, he said, this is a summer, and you may have remembered this, of activation. That this is a summer of activation. So our entire goal, myself, Pastor Mark, Pastor Steph, everyone that spoke this summer, was coming into this knowing that it is our desire to stir you up to bring you into a place of activation. You know, the first two letters, anybody know what the first two letters are of the word gospel? What are they? Go, right? And that's what the gospel is about. It's about going. It's about activating. It's about stepping forth. Now, I think when I talked about a summer of activation, you were thinking, well, they got a lot of plans for us. They got a lot of stuff for us to do outreach-wise. They got a lot of stuff. Now, outreach has almost doubled this summer uh, in, in what we've done under the bridge and handing out. But we've doubled pretty much in the food. Well, we have doubled in the food distribution because we're doing two nights here. Well, one day and one night here. And Miss Kathy said we're like right at 100 families a month that we're feeding not just for a day, but probably at least a week. They get to take their groceries. As a matter of fact, I think, how many hundred pounds of hamburger did we get yesterday or day before yesterday, Kathy? Is she back there? I don't know. It was a couple hundred pounds of hamburger that we'll be giving out this week. We're giving stuff that really helps people that they can cook, that they can handle, and they can do it for their families, and they're coming. I know last week we had 40 brand-new families that we'd never had an opportunity to minister to before. So that's on Thursday night and Monday afternoon. Now, a lot of work goes on in between. Food's got to be picked up, laid out, ready, prayer team. Everything's got to be organized, the building ready. But it's worth it. Look at your neighbor and say, it's worth it. See, y'all spread out on me this week. Y'all learned last week. Huh? I'll just make you yell louder because you just have to reach farther to the person next to you. Because I, I didn't come to play. You can, you can go down the road and set. I mean, there's all kinds of wonderful, beautiful churches that's prettier than this and sound system better than this and it's quieter. And you can just sit there and get your whatever time it is you need to get in and get out and go visit the Green family on the golf course, whatever you need to do. But in this house, it ain't that way. Because I challenge you that when you walk through those doors out to your car, you will not be the way you were when you came into this house. Does anybody want to change this morning? I said, does anybody want to change? Well, jump up and shout, change! Jump up, shout, change! Come on, change! Man, I tell you, I don't want, let alone a week go by, I don't even want a day to go by. I don't even want an hour to go by that there's not some kind of transformation in my life. Because God said we're to grow from glory to glory, from his manifested presence, from seeing him and from hearing him and from participating in his attributes, from glory to glory, presence to presence, Reality to reality. So I'm going to be hitting now. Today, we're going to kind of bring in some things, and there's a little bit of ting up there. I don't know if it's a tweeter or speaker broke or what, brother, but it kind of makes me feel like I got a lisp or something. I don't know. So you can twang that on down or whatever. Lenny's like, my goodness, Pastor, I'm a volunteer. You're working me like a workhorse back here. I'm not plowing the field. I'm just trying to harness this stupid sound system. Well, part of a sound system, that's the problem. But we're going to fix it, aren't we? Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Praise God. So today is a key day of activation for you. Now, now I started to, uh, uh, over two months ago about being all in. How many's all in in here? You all in in here? Yeah. Oh my God! If that's all in, I wouldn't want to be in a street fight. And you, my partner, I wouldn't want you on the front line of my offensive line. If I was a running back, I wouldn't want you protecting me. If I was a quarterback, are you all in? Yeah. That's a little better. I'm, I might run a ball behind you. I don't know. I think about it. Getting closer. See, here's the key, guys. If you're going to change anything in your life, you've got to have a strategy. And once you get a strategy, whether it's, you know, getting debt-free, and I think a lot of times we focus more on debt-free than we do bringing income in. Now, if you can do both those at the same time, it's beautiful, but you do need to focus on how to accumulate wealth as well. If we focus on, there's strategies, hundreds if not thousands. If we want to get healthy and, and deal with uh, things in our body where you've uh, been dealing with heart disease or sugar diabetes or any of that stuff or you just got, don't have the energy you used to have or, and you want more and you want to be healthier, there's thousands of strategies. If you want to grow in God, David Moses stood up here and told you what he chose to do last year. And it wasn't free. He paid for it. And he had to take his time and show up and do it. But he said he's way beyond where he was a year before. There are strategies to grow spiritually. There are strategies how to grow relationships and marriages. Let me give you a good strategy of how to have a perfect relationship that never goes below the standard that it was when you began it. So anyone in here, you ever felt, met that someone that maybe you're married to them now or whatever, or maybe you're not, but when you met them, it was like they were amazing. It was like, yes, yes, yes. Anybody here, if you say yes. yes. Well, that's about 20 of you. Anybody, I mean, really, so I really may need to pray, preach on relationship because I don't think Paul, a lot of these people ever had a good relation. I said, if you ever had that, go, you got you know, when you, you know, woo, you're all dizzy. And, Here, let me help you. You know, it's like, you know, you're with them and maybe you just got married and honeymoon's great. And, you know, that first month, honey, could you take out the trash? Yes, dear, I'll take out that trash. <laughs> you know. Honey, honey, could you hang that over there on the wall? Oh, yes, dear. Oh, hit my finger. Oh, shoot. It's okay. Uh, uh, six months later, maybe 12 months later, maybe five years later, hey, honey, could you take out the trash? What am I, your slave or something? My goodness, woman. Yeah. What are we supposed to do around? What? what? Well, that's a little different than it was six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. So let me give you one real easy strategy if you want a relationship to always be amazing and to never go backward but to only grow. Treat them exactly the way you did the first time you met them five years later all the way through the relationship and it'll never go there. Yeah, but, you know, they, they, you know, they grop at me and they don't believe in me and, 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 you know, maybe they cheated on me, whatever they did. Here's the thing. You can't control what they do you can only control what you do. So if you want to have a great relationship, marriage, family, you want a great relationship with your kids, what if you were as happy to see your kids when they come home from school or when they come home from work or when they come over for Thanksgiving as you were the first day you held them in your hands? You think anything's ever going to happen to that relationship? Oh, two of you. I mean, is anything, how's that relationship going to be? Yeah. So, so, yeah. So I, I gave you an illustration. If I, if, if I got the, 
the, the perfect recipe for the perfect chocolate cake and someone made it and they're making millions on it, but they gave it to me personally just so I could have it for myself. Now, if I have the perfect strategy and all the ingredients to make the perfect cake and I follow it perfectly, what kind of chocolate cake will I have? You did. Give, come on now. If you weren't here last week, that was an exercise right there, right there. That, 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 that was good right there because last week, we had, it took us about three or four times to get what? What did we get last week finally? So, 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 so I'm, a, I'm one of those preachers I, I like to hear people move, know they're alive and breathing. So what are you saying? If the strategy's good, the results will be good. If the strategy's perfect, the strategy, the, the results will be perfect. But I could have the perfect strategy to make the perfect cake and not follow the strategy and my cake won't be perfect. So strategy is not an issue. It's out there. Also, the story is important. What kind of story? You see, the only way that your history will hold you back is if you live there. The only way your past will hinder your future is if you live in your past. But if you live in your now moving towards your future, your past, you can just use it as a model or something to help you with. So it's important what kind of story I'm living. What kind of story? I got, and I can't know what kind of story I'm living until I know what kind of standard I have. And I don't know what kind of standard I have until I measure it. Right? And then what happens? When you get your strategy right, your story right, then the next thing is your state. What is it? That's your mindset. That's your faith. That's your heart. That, that, that's just where you're at. That's the people. You ever see these people that are always happy? Sometimes they make you mad. They're happy all the time. That's what their state. You see these other people, they're walking around like this. That's just the way they are. No, it's not just the way they are. It's the way they decided to become. The greatest gift God gave us was choice. And we can choose to live like the greater one who's greater than he who is in this world is in us, or we can choose like he might like us someday if we live up to his standard. But you've got to make a choice to choose or deny. So we are today the sum total of every decision we've made. Now, in that, talking about that, and we've been talking about now for the last three weeks, this is the fourth week on, this is the third week on closing the gaps in our life. Now, when you're closing the gap, what is that? I gave you a wheel. Y'all can put the first one up, Trav, if you want to, the wheel. And uh, it's got different things. You can have family on it, income, spiritual walk with God, health, whatever you want on this wheel. They'll get it up in a minute. There it is. And I gave that to you, and I told you you could change it, fill it in, or whatever. Now, if you look at that wheel, it's got lines going to each topic. And from that line, from the center axis, it's levels 1 to 10 all the way out. So 1 to 10 to your family or to your health, whatever it is. Now, what is that? If you're in the middle, say you're at a 1 all the way around that circle, you're just barely outside the center circle, what does that mean? That means that you're at a 1, but to get out there what you believe the standard you want for you in those relationships or whatever it is, is a 10. The gap is whatever distance is in between 1 to 10. So if you're at a 3... Where you really want to be, you got a gap of a seven. If you're at a five, you got a gap of a five. If you're at a two, you got eight things there. You got a whole gap between there. So let's show you here's what it's like in your life with key areas in your life if they're not balanced. Let's show them the next. Look at that. 
So that would be inside the wheel. You want to get out to the outer circle, but if you had to put that on a car or a truck or a bicycle or something, you'd be going down the road. Guess what? That's the efficiency that most people, especially Christians, live our lives. Right? We don't have that smooth flow in our lives. And therefore, what does happiness equal in your life? Shout it out on a count of three. What does happiness equal? One, two, three. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you all cheated. You just looked over their shoulder. They told you. On a count of three. What does happiness equal? One, two, three. So progress makes you feel better, right? Progress makes you feel better. Progress gives you energy. Progress makes you go, well, I didn't get where I wanted to be, but I had some progress. So I don't know if I have progress or not if I never measure where I am. But if I will really look at where I am in my time with God, in my family, my relationships, and my business, and my, my debt ratio, my health, all those things. If I will look at that and really see where it is, then I can come to the conclusion, this is my reality. Now, here's the key. If I am going to set a new standard, and I'm at a three versus a 10, and I say, okay, this is not my standard. What's my standard? Okay, no, really, my standard is wherever I am right now because I accepted to be this way. So like for me, I shared with you about my weight and, and, and all that, and I wanted more emotional energy, more physical energy to, to like I was in my 20s or even previous to where I have the energy to do what God called me to do for the next 30 years, whether it's here or not, but to do it with all my heart and all my mind, so and do it beyond and better than I've ever done it before. And God said I could if I would get my physical self there, but I struggled for over a, about a year and just a little bit of progress and not. But finally, I had to look at the standard I was and I had to step up on the scale. So no matter what I felt like I looked like or people told me, that's the standard. So wherever, what's your financial standard? If you're living payday to payday, it's payday to payday. If you're living just enough to almost pay all of your bills but pay most of your important bills, that's your standard. If it's to have more than enough to pay your bills, go, whew, we got enough to pay our bills, then you'll have just enough to pay your bills. If it's enough to pay your bills and have a 401K or to have something like that, then you'll have that. Whatever it is, that's whatever you choose and the decisions you make, the same way relationships, the same way with finances, the same way your spiritual walk, your calling, your ministry, all those things flow from your standard. But if I'm going to move and advance forward in my life, I got to realize what moves me. Let me tell you, the word momentum is used a lot. Here's what momentum means. Momentum is forward motion with energy. Forward motion with energy. So if I have a ball in my hand and I take that ball and I roll it, it where? It goes forward, what? And it rolls in a motion of a forward motion, what? With energy. The energy is ever, if I just go like that and drop it, it won't happen. But if I come halfway, but if I really go after it and both, what happens? Forward motion with energy. Now, that's a science, a scientific fact. But what you and I need, we always look, how can I get momentum? How can I get momentum? But see, see the key is you've got to learn how humans get momentum. And then you'll see the ball roll down the court. How do we have human momentum? The way we have human momentum 
is forward motion with emotion. Let that sink in, quiet in Holy Ghost house. Forward motion with emotion. You can't operate and live with any more momentum in your life than you do with emotional energy. You can have a great business, but it will tank if you're not emotionally charged and bought into it. If you're not passionate about it, if you don't have the leverage to do it, if you're not pumped about it, if you're not hungry, wanting to learn more, know more, that business will plateau and it will go backward. Same way with your relationships with people, the same way with your finances, your health, whatever it is, your walk with God. You're either going closer or farther away. There's no neutral gear in God. So anything in life, what is it? I gave it to you two years ago and I've been reminding you, but anything that is living is growing and anything that is dying is dying so if something is not growing it's dying so if you're worried about this relationship may not make it and you haven't been working on it the last five years it probably won't make it quiet and hold up preacher you come supposed to be positive and build me up in faith well you know it's easier to deal with you now than to be you know meeting you and petting on you and counseling you two years later when you blow your family up Oh, quiet in the Holy Ghost house. What are you saying, preacher? What I'm telling you is you have to make a decision if you're going to have emotional energy or not. If you don't have emotional energy to put into your marriage or your dating relationship, it won't have energy. If you don't have emotional energy to focus on your finances, it won't be moving forward. It won't have momentum. Your finances won't have momentum. If you don't have uh, emotional energy tied into your relationship with Christ and moving and focusing on what it takes to move that relationship to get closer and closer, then it won't have momentum. I'll prove it to you. There was a man that came to Jesus and his son had been thrown into the fire many times. I'm just setting you up here. And, and, uh, and his son had been coming to him, coming to the disciples. They came and they got other people healed and delivered, but they couldn't get his son delivered. And he brought him to Jesus. He said, look, my son, he's actually having seizures and stuff like that, throwing himself in the fire, rolling in the fire, foaming, and, you know, had other stuff going on as well. And he said, your disciples were not able to heal him. And Jesus told him, he said in Mark, Mark's gospel, he said this, Mark 9, 23. Jesus said, if you can only believe all, which would include his son, all things are possible to who? Those who believe or to him who believes. Oh, okay. But the man, and here's what I've been learning lately, and I'm looking again at a lot of scriptures I've preached over the years. Here's what I've been learning. And the next verse, and I preached part of it this way, but I, here's something I want to add. It says, 24, number one, immediately. Everybody say immediately. immediately. It says, immediately the father of the child did what? Cried out. He didn't say, you know, Jesus, I could give you a little extra offering if you could help my boy. Or, Jesus, you know, this really sucks. You know, your disciples, you, you propped them up and laid hands on them. They're supposed to be these big dudes. They're, they must not like me or my family because my son's not healed. No, he said, Jesus! He cries out. Now, when you yell, does it take emotion? 
immediately. So that means he had already had some focus and some feelings and some energy and investment and belief in this situation. Anybody believe that? It says immediately the father of the child did what? He cried out and he said with tears. I mean, have you ever wanted it so bad you crying out and screaming it in public with tears running down your face? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You see, God can deal with a guy like that. He can help a brother when he's willing to admit Lord, I believe. He believed enough to be there. He believed enough to seek God. He believed enough to even cry out and, and have his emotion and his momentum toward God. But he also believed God loved him enough just the way he was that he could be transparent with the Father and say, but I got this other thing on here on my wheel. God, can you help me with my marriage? Maybe his finances are killing it. Maybe his health's off the charts. It's amazing. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, his leadership skills are great, but his marriage is tanking, and he knows if that tanks, it could, he could lose his kids, he could lose his wealth. What, what? So, so the key is to always look at your life and say, what is it that I can raise the standard in? What is it that I can close the gap in? And so it's about being transparent with God. Now, let me help you as we, as we get moving here, uh, because we're going to do a little a little exercise here in a moment. They gave you a handout. And as we look at this, we're going to talk to you about closing the gaps. But I need you, I shared with you the last two weeks about three core beliefs that we must have. Now, before I give you those, what does belief mean? When we look at a belief, what is it? A belief is a feeling of certainty about what something means. A feeling of certainty about what something means. Now, you can test yourself on that. There's a lot of things you think you believe, but if someone holds a gun to your head, do you really believe it? You know, years ago at the Columbine shooting, the little young lady that had just recently given her life to Christ, and when they came up to her, they said, do you, are you a believer? Are you a, and she got down on her knees and cried, said, I'm a Christ follower, and they, the guy killed her right there. You know, it's probably good that she'd only been a Christian for about a month because she hadn't had time to be disappointed with God and religion. Good thing he didn't ask someone who'd been saved 10 years because, you know, we could just, we know we're not perfect. So, you know, we could tell a white lie and live <laughs> and then repent later. But she was so sincere because it was so fresh and real and new to her that she said, yes, I am, knowing it would cost her her life. Well, what is that? Her belief of certainty. She, her, she had a feeling of certainty about what being a daughter of God meant that was more real to her than what was going on in front of her. Now, you think if she just knew that and thought she believed it but didn't feel it deep in her soul, would she have said, no, I, I'm not a Christian or I am a Christian? It takes human emotion. You're not here in a space suit. You're here in an earth suit. You're here in flesh, blood, and bones. You are a spirit, and you have the spirit. You are a spirit living in an earth suit, and you have a spiritual God living inside you, and you have a soul, your decision-making resources, your mind, will, and your emotions. So, therefore, you've got to get momentum physically, solically, and spiritually if you're going to live a balanced, strong, healthy, eternal life. Maybe before the summer's over, I'll give you the five keys to get momentum in your emotions so that you can 
even have a greater breakthrough. But I want to get this going with you today. So what are the first three? Let's go with the first belief. What is the first core belief if I want to have not just change? A lot of times we get changed, but we don't have sustaining change, long-term change. So if I want long-term change, there's three beliefs I must have. What's the first one? Okay, on a count of three, let's all say it with Miss Gwen and everybody else. One, two, three. Not this could change, this should change. Maybe this will change. I th- no, not full of a bunch of should. Your life's full of too much should already. Get, kick the should out. Not could, not would. No, this what? Must. What? Must. This must change. Now, till you get your must, you're going to dilly-dally back and forth. It's not going to happen. It'll happen for a while and you'll let up. But if you get a must, this must change now. First belief you got to have. If you want this stuff to work in your life, that's what you got to have. Number two, what's the second belief on the count of three? Everybody shout out. One, two, three. Oh, that was really good. Let's do it real good one more time. One, two, three. Yeah. I, what, must change now. The first key to success in your relationship with God, in your ministry, in your finances, with family, in your health, is take responsibility. It's not my wife's fault if I'm not happy in my marriage. It's not my kid's fault if I think that, that this is a ju- joke and I've wasted my time and what are they doing with our money? What are they doing? No, no. I have to take responsibility. I, if I want this to change so badly that it's a must, then I got to have the core belief with it that says, if it must change, must change, then what? I must change. Because if I didn't need to change, it would already have been changed. On the count of three, give me the third one. One, two, three. One, two, three. Right. I can change it now. Who can? Your spouse? Who can? Your employer? Who can? The bank? The doctor? They can help you, but they're human. Thank God for them. We wouldn't have any Christians alive in the first place. Let me help you. What was the scripture I gave you? Philippians 4.13 on the count of three. Quote it to me. You say, well, why are you doing this, preacher? Because, you know, preacher, you know, you've done this now for two straight weeks. And if you're new today or it's your first time, does it sound like we've done it for two straight weeks? That's why I'm doing it. Because I'm wasting my time to go on if you don't get it. Right? And your time. On the count of three, give me Philippians 4.13. Shout it to the top of your lungs, and then we can just go right on. One, two, three. One more time. One, two, three. Oh, oh, who can? I can. I can do what? Stop right there. See, the first revelation you need to get yeah, it's great to know that God can strengthen me and I can do all things through, that all things can be done through Christ. But if I don't get the first half right, I can't work the second half. Christians want to jump to the easy part. 
right? That's why we eat the icing before we put the cake in the oven, right? We want just to easy. We want the icing, right? Paul had a revelation of his DNA and his identity in Christ being the son of God. He said, what? I can. I can. I can. I can what? Do all things. Whoa, Paul's arrogant. Maybe that's why he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He had a different standard than other Christians during his time. He didn't accept writing one epistle or one book. He had a standard. See, to you raise your standard, your expectations will never meet your results. When you come to the realization, I can do all things, now you can add Christ because he's going to pay attention to your prayer. Because baby, you praying for God to build your house, he ain't going to come down with hammer now and build your house for you. If he did, he wouldn't have went to heaven. Why go back to heaven if he had to come back all the time and take care of your junk? He said, I leave the paracletos, the Holy Spirit, to be with you and in you and for you. He, he, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. He don't have a hammer in his hand. He ain't out here to build your house. He, you know, he's not out here to do your job, physical labor, so you could. Till we come to the revelation that I can do all things, that gives me access through Christ who strengthens me. Now, you put that together, Jack, you got something. You got a recipe for success right there. But you can't get to that, Tony, until you have the first two beliefs. Because you won't push hard enough to get a strategy and get your story right and your belief right and study it all out and get the revelation from Christ, the word to speak and the words not to speak and how to confess and how to sow and how to read. You won't even get to that part if it's not a must. I mean, you know, I stand up here to, you know, I'm yellow and face green, whatever you want to call it, purple, it don't matter. And talk about the kingdom of God is a kingdom of sowing and reaping, 2 right. Corinthians 9. It doesn't even matter if it's money. If I want love, I give love. Right. If I want peace, I sow peace. Right. If I want joy, I sow joy. If I want money, I sow money. If I want oranges, I plant orange seeds. If I want apples, I plant apple seeds. But somewhere there's a disconnect to where we want to jump from I can do all things to through Christ who strengthens me. It's a lot easier. So when we come to this realization, if I get the first two beliefs in my DNA, that something, don't waste your time on something you haven't made a decision about. When you make a decision, be the kind of person, I made a decision. It must change now. Now when you got that determination, God can do something with that. It must change now. Now, if it's going to change and Dalton's been involved in it, it can't change so Dalton changes. So if I get the second belief, I must change now. Now I'm taking responsibility. I might have to change my story. You know, if, if my kids would just line up or if my dog wouldn't, you know, crap upstairs in the bedroom and pee in the, the, well, then you know what? Yelling and screaming at it and punishing it, you can do that so long. 
but it ain't going to, that dog just gets more scared and pees more and poops more. And I had to call Tony and get a strategy because he's a dog expert. He's the dog whisperer. And he helps me, and then I kind of figure out how to do it. But if I don't change the strategy, my stories is going to get worse and worse. My house is going to stink more and more. Then I might be repenting of another sin, right? Strategy, story, then state. What is that? I get, what is a state? A state is saying, wait a minute, it must change now. This, what? This must change now. I must change now. Those two steps have to happen before I get to the most important one. I can change it now. Who? I can change it. It works on anything in your life. Anything in your life. It doesn't matter what you apply it to, it works. So, let me get a little deeper down the road with you because I got a couple things to do. So, the Key is we believe and we have feelings towards certain, the certain meanings of things, about a certain meaning toward things. Why? Because it's been modeled to us. So if you grew up and, and your parents fought all the time and, and, and maybe they were really tough on each other and they eventually, the marriage blew up and got a divorce and then your aunt and uncle who were married 20 years got a divorce and then your big sister who was married three years and got a divorce, you might end up thinking, why well, waste my time on relationships? Right? I mean, I can have some fun and stuff, but I'm never getting too serious because if I get too serious, I, even if you don't even say it or think it inside of you, you feel like you can't trust people. You feel like marriage doesn't work for you for whatever reason. Must be your family. Must be something, but it just don't work for me. And until it becomes a must, you can't change that. And you just keep living out the cycle. It could be the same way about money. Maybe you raised a family that didn't know how to handle money and always, you know, struggling. And then you just might grow up with the mindset, why do I want more money, even though I could do more for God and people I love in my community? But why would I want more money? Because, oh, I've seen anytime you did have money, it's a struggle because you're probably going to lose it anyway. See, it's easier to be negative and complain about the glass being half empty than half full because more than likely you're not going to be wrong if it don't move. And there was a study, and I don't know the stat, maybe Mark does, but negative people versus positive, and negative people are correct about a topic about 80% of the time or something like that. Positive people are not always the most correct about it. They may be correct about 60% of the time, but the positive people more than double accomplishing it to make it a reality versus the negative people. Why? It's easy to tell me why something doesn't work. It's easy for, yeah, that sounds cracking and popping. It's too loud here. It's too low there. Yeah. But figuring out a way to get it done and fixed is a whole other story. About what do you say? It's easy to look at your friends, your relationships, your finances, your health, and find reasons why the reality is this is where it is. You might as well just, that's fine. But it's the one that it becomes a must. The must to change their health is bigger than what the diagnosis from the doctor is. The must to change their health is bigger than what the bank said about your finances. The must to build your marriage is bigger than what history has said that marriages don't end up making it anyway. You see, see what I'm saying? When you, this must change, now I must change, guess what? Now I got, I believe what I 
can change this now. Wow. Now, now you've got something going in your life. So whether it's whatever it is, your past, your finances, or whatever. So let me give you a verse. How much time I got, Mark? I'm, I'm, t- I'm, I'm about out, right? Ten minutes? Okay, because I got to get you. We gave you a handout, and I want to get to it right here. Did everybody get this, the gap, right? Because I, I'm, I really felt I have a whole other message here, but I felt like if you don't really get what I've been teaching for two weeks, you're not going to do this properly. Don't worry about it. Just set it beside you. Don't look at me. Look at me. Don't do this. It's folded for a reason. Just like that. Just leave it like that, right? If you don't have it, wave your hand while I'm talking. They'll get it. There's some people around. Keep it up, though. You can't just flash them with your hand. You got to hold it and they'll see it. Let me give you another verse and then we'll get into this. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, really uh, is something that the Apostle Paul gives to us through the Holy Spirit that can help us close gaps, any gaps in our lives. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let me read it to you while they're passing that out. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, what? As a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, proper worship. Now look at this, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Patterns are important. That's kind of why you have the standard you have. You've got certain patterns and beliefs and practices. That's why we have the patterns. We get the results of our habits, of our patterns. The pattern of this world but be transformed, what? By the renewing or changing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? I get knowledge, strategy. I I change my mind from that strategy about this is what I've been, but this is what I could be. And then I get the understanding, I got to do it. I can change it and I do it. So, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, what? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Anybody in here love to live in God's will? Wave at me. Wave at me. You love to live in God's will. Okay? If I don't have the right patterns in my life, I'm probably, even if I'm in his will, I'm not even going to realize it. But if I will have the right beliefs and the right patterns and I'm getting into his word and it's transforming me and it's changing me, then I have an opportunity to change and to be in that will, the perfect will of God that he has for my life. Now, in the first verse, and I'm not going to preach this part, but I love that verse. And what it's basically telling us is when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, that's what true worship is, to lay your life down. True worship, a form of worship is showing up and attending and gathering together. A form of worship is, you know, enjoying the music and the worship when it's coming through the anointing and the power of God like these guys do and expressing it. That's worship. Uh, serving and volunteering, that's a form of worship. But ultimate worship is when your entire life is not just on a pedestal, but it's living, it's breathing, it's moving. It's a living, a living example. That is a living expression It's a, a, to God. So when that happens, then it sets you up. When your expression is a living expression of worship to God, then all things are possible. Look the second key. Now you get into the second verse, verse 12, I mean uh, verse 2. 
And what's it talking about? Because it says, what did it say in that verse? In verse 2, it says, do not what conform to the pattern of this world. What's it saying? Is it hard to conform to the pattern of the world? Like I shared with you last week, people are going around like, oh, my God, Christians for the last year and a half, oh, my God, same-sex marriage. Oh, Lord, the world's coming to an end. Duh. Oh, 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 my God. Now you can put a chip under your skin and buy your groceries. Oh, Lord, the world's coming to the end. That's the, you know what that is? That's the mark of the beast. Yep, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, oh, God, the world is so bad. Oh, oh, duh. Didn't Jesus say in the last days, it will be us the days of who? 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 He said, in the last days, it will be us the days of Noah. Did anybody realize that Noah wasn't a lifeguard, but he built an ark? And it didn't rain, that the earth was watered from the dew. Nobody even knew what rain was. But because he seeked God, God gave him understanding to protect his family and to start things over for him. But if it's going to be the same as it was in the days of Noah, guess what? Jesus called it what? Perilous times. That means unanswerable times. So people are going around all the time trying to get answers about stuff you can't control. So therefore you live in fear and worry and lack. Do you know you could be a billionaire and live in worry and you have lack? Did you know you can be an Olympic swimmer and still have lack? You can be an anointed minister that's changing an entire nation for God and still have lack. So the pattern, it goes back to your pattern. Do not conform to what the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transform. So the, the two words are conform or transform. If you just said this whole message, what could it be about conforming or transforming? And it doesn't start with your preacher boy up here. Doesn't start with your buddies, your spouse, your friends, your cats, your dogs, your kids. No, your employer or your employees. No, no, no. Problem with the church is we're always asking for more resources, but we're not resourceful with the resources we have. The problem with Christians is we're always wanting God to give us more, but we're not resourceful with the resources we have. The problem with the cities and the nations and the states and our government is they always want more resources, but they don't handle the resources they have. Now, it's easy for me to sit here and put the government down. It's easy for me to sit here and put other people down. It's easy for me to say, well, if those people out there just gave more, and if all of them just tithe, we wouldn't even have to take offerings. My God, we'd be debt free, and we could do that. I could say all kinds of stuff. But if I do that, it doesn't change anything. But if I take responsibility that I got to be more resourceful of how I teach them about giving. I got to be more resourceful about they know what's going on that the speaker system's blown and we're going to have to buy. I got to be more resourceful with you so you can be more resourceful so we can do what we got to do for the kingdom. Same way with your family. Same way with your health. Got to be resourceful with what you have. So you got a choice. You can accept. It, it doesn't take a must to conform to the pattern of the world. It doesn't take a must to have no holy standards. It doesn't take a must to really care if somebody likes you or not. It doesn't really take a must to, you know, go in debt, get that other credit card. Heck, I'll just go bankrupt. I'll go do this. It don't take a must for that. It, 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 no pain, no gain. So the key is that we're dealing with when we want to have change, significant change and transformation, God said the transformation starts right here between your ears. Your perception is your reality. So if I can start changing this, 
then I can change this and I can change that. But I can't till I take responsibility for this. Y'all get y'all kick the shit out. So conforming is easy. Now the key is if conforming to the pattern of the world is easy, Miss Gwen, then conforming to the pattern of God is easy. You just not got your strategy right. So what you do, you find someone that's modeling Jesus and you read about them and you study them and if you get a chance to meet them and you practice some of the patterns they use. Well, Miss Gwen, I don't know why you're always so happy. Ask her. She takes care of our beautiful Miss Essie, the mama of this church, and she's, you know, of age, and, and, and she's raised Miss Gwen and about 20 others with all the foster kids she's raised all over the country. She's one of the most loved women in the country. Why? Why? But Miss Gwen's always got a smile, even if she's tired. She says, hey, pastor. She don't come up to me and say, hey, pastor, I got to talk to you. I got this situation. Now, we talk about things that need to be dealt with. She heads up the prayer ministry, and there are situations, but she doesn't beat people down. She's just looking for a way to bring transformation in their life and healing in their life. And she's happy. Why is she happy? Because of patterns she lives by. Just, you want to learn to pray, go hang out with Miss Gwen. And you don't have to have her teach you, just watch her while she prays. There's people all around you to model a spiritual walk. There's people all around you to model how to gain financial wealth. There's people all around. Success is a science, but fulfillment is an art. Success is a science. You can find any science to be more intelligent, you know, more healthy and, and, and more wealthy and even a science and patterns of how to grow spiritually and all that. But to find what fulfills you, that should be what your will is, so you're the best you for God and for others, is, is an art. Because some of the things you love to do, I might hate to do. If you all might try to make me do what you're doing and you're doing it. You know, I'm not gutting. I used to do some deer hunting when I was young, but brother... I ain't going out freezing my little fanny off, paying all that money, setting up in the woods by myself, hoping something might happen. And then I'm dreading it if it happens because I got to drag it out if I don't have a four-wheeler and put it on. You know, it's not a thrill for me to gut a deer, a big buck, and I'm going to hang it up, gut it, then I'm going to do it. I just go buy it down there off Greg Bucknell and buy that meat. He got, he got all kinds of deer meat down there. Now, to other people, oh, my God, it's deer season. Honey, what's that odor on you? That's deer urine. Why you got deer urine sprayed on you? It's stinking the house up. It's stinking the front lawn up. It's getting ready to see which one I prefer for deer season. I got to have the right one. I got to get the biggest buck I've ever got. It's not for a month, honey. I know I can try four. I got four weeks to. But they don't like the cologne you bought them for Christmas, but they like the deer urine. What, 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 what? Fulfillment's an art, not a science. So don't put down the dude's deer urine. If it fulfills him, just say, do it out there. <laughs> Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Three of Is this helping anybody? Yeah. That's what I want to see. So three C's. It's your choice to conform. Two C's. It's your choice to conform to transform. You choose. Your parents can't make you, your spouse, your friends, your preacher, your boss, or, or your employees, nobody can make you. You choose. So let's look at this real quick. If we're, gonna, if we're gonna change anything, and this is the only point I'll get, and then we're gonna do this exercise. I have time to, huh? 
Don't have time to do the exercise? Got to do it next week? All right, we'll do it next week. But that means how much time I got then if we're going to do it next week. I can preach a little. I got some time to preach. That's all right, me. Somebody else do the paperwork, brother. I'm going to, I got myself ready today. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm loaded. Am I loaded? Loaded. I love it. Come on, man. So, so, so here's the thing. Look at this stack of bricks on this, this deal here. The reason, let me give you this now. The reason we don't follow through with what we know we should follow through with. First of all, it should and not a must. But if it ever does get to the point where it becomes you must follow through with something. The key is carry a big stick. Because what I've come to discover, you know, I've went on diets before, different things like that, and workout routines. But what's the first three letters in diet? I mean, come on, does that fire? Oh, good. Hey, Mark, we're going to go. We're going to die for three months. <laughs> Who wants to die to lose weight? I'll just be the way I am and be happy until I might go early, but I'll be happy, right, and comfortable. <laughs> Who wants to die? Does that fire you up? I'm not going to eat anything I like. I'm not eating potato chips and candy and drinking Mountain Dew and I'm not drinking Coca-Cola. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not eating those taters. I love those taters with a cheese on it and all. Oh, yeah. And I like, I like my bacon with my lard and I like it in my green beans and I like, oh, come on. You know, uh, so you telling me I can look thinner and maybe live a little longer, but I can't have my fried stuff, my grease stuff, my sweet stuff. I mean, I'm just going to heaven, Jack. I'm out of here. Okay, that's your choice because you will go early to heaven. It's like smoking's not a sin. It is, but you're in heaven sooner, that's all. Right? I mean, there's things that patterns in our life. It's not what you did for a week or a year. It's what you do for years. So if I want to lose weight or if I want to get my finances right or I want to get my relationships right, my walk with God right, then I got... So here's the two things about leverage. And, and this will be part of what you're doing next week. There's an A and a B to it. If I really want to get leverage on a matter, I got to A, find out why it makes me suffer. If I can find out why it become a must for me to work on my relationship with someone, a must for me to forgive someone, a must for me to get healthy, a must for me to get my finances in order. A must. If I, if I could do that, then there's two keys to get you there quick. The first key is find out why you suffer with it. No pain, no gain. So you're going to have pain. The question is, what outcome do you have? So if I get into a matter and I say, number one, and I, I, I just, I could, like I do it, it's a lot of people do it different. I'll just draw a line and say, okay. If I need to do this, I got to look at it and say, okay, like for me, I did this for me. Okay, I knew God told me over a year ago that the next 30 years of my ministry would be greater than any of my years of ministry. The first, at that time, I preached since I was 23. I'm 56, so I was 50, getting ready to turn 55. Been in full-time ministry since I was 28, so that's a lot of years. So, but he said it's going to be the greatest years just eclipse everything you've ever done for the last 30 years or less. But, you know how God is, but 
it's going to depend on your health. Get yourself healthy. And I didn't understand the science of this before. Get yourself healthy. Get yourself healthy, and you're going to have the greatest breakthroughs and ministry you've ever experienced. Well, I had my strategy, my mindset, and that was to get healthy. That means I can't eat anything good. I got to chase and run after things that I don't want to sweat over, right? I mean, if I'm going to walk, I don't walk out doing something I'm doing. I don't want to walk or run for exercise, right? Didn't want to be on a treadmill. I mean, a treadmill. And that's, so, so, so I'm looking at it going, can't eat good stuff. I got to sweat when I don't even want to sweat. I got to probably pay money to get some training to learn how to do it. Then I got to do it forever. So then I got to say, 30 years of great ministry, ministry's been okay. You know, it's not been bad. I'm a good husband. Love my kids. Saved. Build a pretty good thing here with all you guys. Somebody can just take right off where I'm at. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's not bad. Well, that's a could or a should. So I'm looking at it from the mindset, so I'm trying. Okay, Lord, I want that word. So oh, I died a little bit. I was at 225. I did a little bit. I got down to like 218. Then I go back to 230, and then I go back down to 215. And I flush it. Then finally about... A month and a half ago, I guess now, I was at 2.15, and I just said, okay, the host person, you got to do this. So I said, okay. So I said, my goal is I'm going to not just pl- say get under 200. It's 185. I want to be at 185. But I want to be at 185 in 90 days. So I went on this journey. And the way it, it helped me, when I learned this little technique, it helped me. And I said, okay, here's the pain. If I don't change the way I eat and the lack of movement I have, exercise and all that, where will I be in one year from now? If I keep doing the same pattern, which I didn't, wasn't eating better, I every year I eat a little worse because you're like, who cares? Hey, you know, because it gets better, you find better stuff. Hey, I make it sweeter and chewier or whatever. <laughs> so what if I don't change it in two years? And I had to write down these things. This is kind of where it'd be. And just sit there and pray over it and think about it. Just meditate. Okay, Lord, what? Okay, let's go five years now. You're 50. You're 60. What are you going to feel like? What are you going to look like? What can you really enjoy? What can't you do that you could have done five years ago, but you can't do it now? Now let's go five more years. Now, here's the key. What is human momentum? Thank you. Shout it out for us. See, it's easy. Y'all had it. Forward motion with emotion. Until I get my mind wrapped around to understand the pain or the pleasure something brings, I'll never feel it. And I feel it. I can say I believe it, but it ain't happening. You were created with a brain that runs from pain and seeks out pleasure. That's just the way you built. That's the way God made you. The key is what, do you, what, what, what certainty do you have about things that what they mean? So about God, about food, about health, whatever. So with me, I had to just go, okay, what will I be in 10 years, Curtis? If, if, if I keep living like this, 
I keep the same pattern, slowly, kind of spiraling down. What, what will I be like in 15 years? What will I be that? 65 if I'm alive, what would I be? 70. Oh, Lord, I got this heart condition, God, like it's a surprise to God. I've been living this way for 20 years, Miss Quinn, 15 years, doing the same thing, just worse. And now I come, oh, Lord, I'm fasting now, God. I got my brothers, my cousins, my sisters, my friends, my uncles, and my preacher. Everybody's fasting. I got open heart surgery next week. Can you heal me? And a lot of times we're healed. Or we at least have a safe surgery and we do okay. But what if we went 15 years back and said, now I, it's on the calendar. Here's the doctor. Here's the operating room and the time, the cost, the pain, the recovery. Saw my ribs open. Open me. Here's what it is. Here's the stitches I'm going to have. Here's Get a picture of what you're going to look like, what you're going to feel like, what expense is going to be on your family. Now, if I look, could I give that Twinkie up a little bit easier? Just a little bit. Could, 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 could I eat a little bit more vegetables and less carbs? If it... So if I get it on this side over here, what it's going to be in 15 or 20 years, and really, but now here's the key, you got to feel it. It's like, oh, yeah, it'd be bad. Oh, yeah, it'd be bad. Yeah, you're going to die if you're saying, yeah. You won't be feeling like that when you're 69. This is stupid. That means you're living on a failure curve. You're, you're, you're not looking at reality. Unless you just want to go to heaven early. But there's a root cause to that. I still don't have time to get into it for you. It wasn't a purpose God put you here for. So think about this. So I got this side of the paper, whatever that one thing is, I got to have a must on. And I write it out for 20 years. If I make it that long, that's what it's going to be. If I have sugar this, who could use some amputation could happen, this runs in my family, could have cold that's tough stuff now I go down this other side Paul like you and your sweetie did now running cross, now she's even got you running cross country, Andrew so I go over here and I go, what if I get this new strategy and I change it for one year what would I feel like what results would I have where would I be how about this? Would I have more emotional energy to prepare to do things I love to do? Yes. To think, to strategize, to learn, to study, to grow? Anybody think I would? Yes. What about this? Would I have more physical energy to go out and do things with my family, my kids, or, or to go out and help others and work? Would I have more ener physical energy? Yes. Okay, now what if I do that for two years? But my pattern is not going down. My pattern's getting better and better over the next two years. Now I do it for five years. Now I got to feel this. I, I got to get myself to say, I got to get a picture of what I'd look like, what I'd feel like, the clarity in my mind. See, I used to think it was more physical and, I, well, my appearance is okay. My wife loves me just as I am. Praise God. God bless her. You know, but when I look at, wait a minute, the thing that became my lever was not necessarily appearance. What got my lever was to have emotional and physical energy because you can have all the wealth in the world but if you don't have the emotional and physical energy, you can't get it done anyway. Yeah, that's true. You won't enjoy it. Somebody else will enjoy your money, but you won't. 
Somebody else might be enjoying your wife or your husband because you didn't take care of it back then. You know, an old country song, there he is, parked in my driveway again. <laughs> my dog, my wife, my kids. And it's sad. I'm not making fun of it. I'm not making fun of it. It's, it's heartbreaking. But did it have to be? Now, if it did, thank God for grace, repentance, don't live in your past, you'll live there. Now you say, learn that one. I'm going to find a relationship that I'm not going to be the guy I was or the woman I was then. I'm a... But we're getting very close here. Just, just track with me. So if I keep doing that, what about 10 years from now? My pattern's increasing. Don't have to increase a lot. Happiness is just a little bit of progress, not a lot. I'm just slightly progressing every month, just a little bit. I got five years. I got 60 months of just barely, just a little, not doing by, just a tad better, Katie, just a little better, a little less sugar maybe, a little, a little less, you know, cupcakes, a little water, just a little, little, you know, just a little five more steps on my jog. Well, just a little bit every month I just had. Where will I be in five years? Seven years. Ten years. Fifteen years. Twenty years. And you know what I got out of that? Well, God said you wasn't as healthy as you thought you were in your 30s anyway. You're living off caffeine and sugar in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. Just try, the difference is your body can't even handle the caffeine. Now it's crashing on that. So God was just being loving to me and letting me know if you don't make changes, you're not going to be here to enjoy anything. But boy, when I look at the other side, what I can have, the health, the fun, the freedom, to go do things, to travel, to, to save, bring people to Christ, to heal, to love my family, love someday grandkids, all that. So if I look 20 years out, is it a difficult decision? Now I want to ask you, now get yourself ready for next week, and we're going to pray. What is your must? I got a real cool illustration, but I won't use it. What is your must? What is it on that wheel Pick one thing. You might have already done one thing the last week or two. Now add something else if you need to or crank it up some more. But here's the key, guys. You got to get off to yourself and just get along with God and begin to write it out. If I don't, if I do. And it will make your decision easy. You, what you do, your brain, when it starts associating pain with something, it avoids it. You got to make that Twinkie painful. You got to make that 42-ounce Coca-Cola painful. Yeah, I can do it, but I might not have a limb in 10 years. You can do it. You're your own man, dude. Do whatever you want to do. But you may not have a leg or an arm. Your wife might be helping you get up off the toilet. Say, preacher, that's a hard, hard, hard word there. No, no, that's real. They give you that nice stuff down the street. But right here, we, we family. We can talk. No, I, I, I want you to get it, man. Girl, I want you to get it. You keep fighting around with your teenage daughter just because y'all just alike. Well, maybe later on, she goes, takes it to another level, and she's not like you anymore and don't even like you. But she, well, maybe but you. 
work on your grace, work on your love, and you might see her change. Him change. See, when I take Romans 12, 1 and 2 and apply it to Dalton, not Stephanie, my boys, you, anybody, to Dalton and take responsibility, that's where transformation comes. So I want you this week, what is it you're believing for? What is it you're believing for? What transformation do you want? What has it got to have? Amen?